Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. At Amica Insurance, we know it's more than just a house. It's your home, the place that's filled with memories. The early days of figuring it out to the later years of still figuring it out. For the place you've put down roots, trust Amica Home Insurance. Amica, empathy is our best policy. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports. With two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas. Play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Hello and welcome to the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, and the Hawaii Sports Radio Network along with the Sports Map Radio Network. I'm joined as always by Armani Buckets, Brandon Deutsch, and Mr. Jake Dicker. How are you guys doing on this wonderful Friday? Man, it is a beautiful Friday wherever you are, Vegas, Hawaii, nationally, LA. It's beautiful everywhere just because it's Friday. It's the weekend, right? TJIF. Yeah, it was uh, my first time going to an Angels game in, in probably a decade, and the ticket prices were amazing. The quality of the game I mean, you saw Ren Gifo. At least he can hit. No oh, one else in the lineup man. can hit. <laughs> it, was, it was depressing, honestly. Well, Otani can't hit anymore. It was it's like a serious yeah. issue. And every time he hit a fly ball anywhere, the whole building would erupt. Well, because he's a superstar. And that was the only time, though, that they made any noise. How, how was, crazy is it to see a guy that good at pitching, though? Have yeah. you seen his movement on his like his slider and it his splitter? Ridiculous. Oh, my gosh. He's insane. He's the best pitcher in the American League this year. Sorry, Shane McClanahan. Yeah, I mean, I think they've they've said it all. Beautiful <laughs> weather wherever you are in depressing times at the Angels. <laughs> I mean, this is no surprise. Well, 15, 14 games under, I mean, just get used to it. I mean, it's a great time to be a Dodger fan. Is it? Get to lose to the Braves? To a, no, I'm kidding. I'm, I'm joking. I, I think the Dodgers are playing really, really good I mean, good Colorado 11 and nothing. I mean, that 13 was 13 nothing. That's Sorry, in Coors. Yeah. Tyler Anderson yeah. dominated in Coors Field. That's a tough place to pitch. Yeah, I've been I've been kind of vocal about how how I think Tyler Anderson's having a great year, but I don't love the idea of him in high leverage situations in the playoffs. And he said a better it, second keeps, half so far than Gonsolin. My, my point, he keeps going out there and, and making me, making Dude, me but a he believer was, again. I know we're going to get into headlines, but he was great in Pittsburgh before he got, before he got traded. Like he was great. He's just played on Pittsburgh. So no one really cared about yeah. him, you know? Well, no, nobody's probably even was even looking at him. Right. Yeah. I mean, the pirates were, you know, they, they were still in their rebuild. Now they're finally getting a little bit better. Yeah. Well, speaking of headlines, let's go to the headlines brought to you by Circus Sports, Circus Millions, and Circus Survivor. Pro football contests are back with $12 million in guaranteed prizes. Visit CircusSports.com for details. Let's do this, guys.
Metcalf signed a three-year, $70 million contract extension. Talk about getting paid with the Seahawks. Uh, that includes a $30 million bonus, guys. Was this a good move by the Seattle Seahawks? And is this setting a precedent for Debo Samuel's contract agreement in the upcoming weeks? I think it does. Again, even though I know we discussed this yesterday, even though Jimmy Garoppolo's contract only affects the cap this season and they really could extend Debo because in the coming seasons, they're not going to have Garoppolo on the team, obviously. I think they will get a deal done. Again, it's it's the 49ers are going to be negotiating from the stance that, hey, you don't want to be a wide back as much anymore. So do you do you want to get paid like a wide receiver or both positions? Because if you want to get paid like both positions, you're going to need to play the wide back still. Right. So they're going to definitely have those preliminary discussions right now. And he's been there. He's, you know, Debo, he could just sit out, you know, but he's there. He's at training camp. I know he's not participating, but he's there supporting his team being there and he just won't put his his body on the line until he gets the contract done and that's exactly what DK did I think this is a great move by the Seahawks I think DK's talent wise and physicality the best receiver in the NFL if we talk about like physicality and how big he is and what a matchup problem is the problem is we haven't seen DK's potential because Russell Wilson's 5'10 right and couldn't see over the offensive lineman half the time and then also now he has Drew Locke and Geno Smith so it's kind of like a win for DK and a loss for DK because he doesn't have a good quarterback. Maybe next year if they get like Bryce Young or, you know, a CJ Stroud or Stroud rather, like then we'll see DK's potential. But this is one of the only guys in the league you just throw it up to and he's got the speed, the physicality. I'm really high on Metcalf and I know people are like Lockett's their number one. No shot. Lockett's not even close to being as talented as DK Metcalf. Yeah, I mean, in terms of in terms of this affecting Debo's contract, I'm not sure. I, mean, I think they were going to get a, a deal done either way. I don't know if this is necessarily going to speed things up. But yeah. it, does, it does set the market for if, if, if Debo wants to be paid like a top wide receiver. This kind of is what they'll build off of, what they'll go off of. I mean, it makes sense for DK to get paid, right? I mean, as you said, he's one of the, I mean, he's a physical specimen. He can yeah. do everything. Jeez. And remember, he was in the he was on the Olympic trials showing off his speed. Yeah, he's quick as can be. I mean, he's one of the fastest receivers in the NFL. One of the best one athletes of the biggest, in the world. Yeah, he's, he's I mean, yeah. he's insane. But it makes sense for both sides, I think. I think Seattle doesn't have much going for them right now, so I think it makes sense to keep him around. Um, if you want to trade him at some point, trade him at some point. But I don't think that there was any reason for Seattle not to get a deal done here. And, you know, good for DK. Get get paid. Yeah, 24 years old. Like you guys just mentioned, one of the best athletes in the world. Like, legitimately. Yeah. This guy reminds me of, I guess, a young Julio Jones in the way that he's just built his just athletic prowess. But I want to ask you, Brandon, when, what do you think Debo's number is going to be like now? See, it's interesting because DK, there, he signed the three-year, right? And it's not a five-year. It's not a four-year. It's a three-year, like, get the back and maybe prove himself again at 26, 27 if he doesn't want to enter free agency. I think it's going to be a little similar to Debo. Um, you know, he's definitely had his ups and downs with the front office of the 49ers. I don't think he signs for more than three or four years. I really think he'll want to test free agency again at a young age, kind of see what happens over the next couple of years. But he's going to get paid more than DK for sure. I think it's like we're going on the sense maybe four. Four years 100 million or like four years 110 million with the, with the guaranteed money because think about it he was a one-man team last year and 
again, it's going to come down to will he want that those wide back position? Does he want to play that? Does he want to go on the jet sweeps? Does he want to play a running back and be a part of the system? Or does he just want to simply be a wide receiver? Because now he's going to be able to do a lot on the receiving end because Jimmy Garoppolo couldn't throw over 20 yards. Now you got Trey Lance who actually has a good arm and he can be set up in multiple positions of down the field vertical approach. So I think it's around 110 million, what, four years probably. Well, I mean, either way, either way, I feel like he's gonna get he's gonna get paid. Well, yeah, talent wise, like, yeah. he's there. But remember, Debo. It's like I said yesterday. Debo Samuel is still a Pro Bowler on other teams, but he's not Debo Samuel unless he's on the 49ers. Kyle Shanahan makes him the best receiver, pound for pound, maybe in the NFL. You know? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, speaking of winners, the Dodgers went to Coors Field and dominated the Rockies, winning 13 to nothing. Tyler Anderson yeah. yet again pitched a gem, going seven innings pitched uh, with no walks. Kevin Lux continued his hot streak, going three for five to raise his batting average to uh, 307.307. As um, we are starting to finally see Kevin Lux's true potential, would you guys be mad if he was included in any deal for Juan Soto? I think it depends what the deal looks like. I wouldn't be happy about it, right? I mean, Andrew Friedman over the last four or five years, every time he's made a big trade at the deadline, has found a way not to... Every prospect he's given up has, has not developed in the way that the organization thought they were going to, right? So 2017, they trade for Yu Darvish. The big prospect in that deal is Yuzniel Diaz, who is now 25 years old, sitting in AAA with the Orioles and just not getting it done. In 2018, or sorry, that was the, that was the Machado trade. 2017 was um, Louis, uh, what's his name? Yu Darvish. The yeah. big prospect in that deal was Willie Calhoun, who's been like up and down with the Rangers for the last couple of years. It has uh, streaks where he looks like he's figuring it out and just then has streaks where he couldn't hit water he fell out of a boat so i feel like friedman yep. friedman has a way to not give up these established guys and has a way to get organizations to take chances on more prospects um it depends who they're i mean if it's if it's a juan soto deal i find it very hard to keep gavin lux right i mean they're gonna they're gonna ask for major league talent they're gonna ask for for minor league talent for prospects and Gavin Lux is kind of in that weird range where he's not a prospect anymore, but he's not necessarily an established guy in the league. Like, you don't know. Like, I don't know exactly what you're going to get from Gavin Lux next year. I do. It wouldn't Gavin Lux's hit Lux tool is like 70, bro. Right, but the, the prospect that we saw from Gavin Lux was a guy who was going to hit 32 home runs every year. I mean, he doesn't need to. Yeah, there. the power's not there, but I don't care about power if you're hitting 315. This guy's been dominating this year. I personally think Dave Roberts and the Dodgers are disrespecting him by batting him. Now he's finally moved up to like six. What the heck are you doing batting Muncie in front of him most of the year? Like, Muncie couldn't hit air. You know, he can't hit anything. Like you said, water if it fell out of boat. Muncie needs to be in AAA. But whatever. They they don't want to, they think he's a team guy, What whatever. I don't like Max Muncie. I don't think he's a good defender either. So I think he should be in AAA. But Gavin Lux, I would be hesitant to include him in a Juan Soto trade. I think he kind of need to, right? Because it's Juan Soto. Jake brings up a good point. But I would try and keep him. I'd rather give up Pagas, Cartaya, you know, maybe even Dustin May, as crazy as it sounds. I think I think the best way that I can personally answer this question is I'm just looking at it on my computer right now. On July 24th, I, it's, I tweeted, I'm going to be an emotional wreck if the Dodgers trade Gavin Lux within the next 10 yeah. days. So that yeah. tells you how I feel about it because I have... I've loved this guy since they drafted him out of high school, out of Wisconsin. Um, made it a point to follow him throughout the minor leagues. Was at his MLB debut. Like I've I've been through the ringer with Gavin Lux. His number one fan, bro. I, I don't want him on on another team. What is the absolute ceiling for Gavin Lux? 
so it, it's changed because as we said when he was coming up through the minor leagues and was player of the week in the minor league every year and was the Dodgers organizational minor league player of the year two years in a row he was hitting home runs all the time and it was a 32 33 potential home run guy and this year the power numbers aren't there but it's singles after single though I mean his on-base percentage is what top five in the league yeah and he's hitting about 310 yeah so, I, I mean, mean he's he, yeah I, it just depends if the power comes back he's gonna be I mean he's gonna be a real a perennial all-star yeah yeah but, but like we'll the hit tools there the power it's a little concerning it's similar to like Alec Boehm of the Phillies like a 6-5 who's starting baseman. to figure it out by the way yeah but he exactly but it took him a little while to kind of get this he's starting to get the power down and his hit tools really high but it's kind of a similar situation like in the minors like Jock Peterson in the minors was stealing 30 backs right like like that just, never came to fruition to but they the have game. to adjust to the game exactly exactly so do you so do you not think that um like the up the upswing um is that Gavin Lux is going to be able to adjust to that Dodger system as opposed to Juan Soto I mean I think he's done a very good job of adjusting he's top five in the league and on base percentage oh, come on. You a put, staple in this order but I mean he's not the player Juan Soto yeah Juan, Juan Soto's, Soto's a generational talent the reason why he's hitting I, I 243 is because his lineup is garbage he only has Josh Bell in the lineup if he has a Dodgers lineup around him He'll probably hit 290 by the end of the year. And, and for what it's worth, Gavin Lux is 24, Juan Soto's 23. Yeah, exactly. So it's like one. I mean, I think I don't. I like ageism's kind of like because guys can play longer now, especially pitchers. But no, but yeah. My, but my Juan Soto's a generational more, talent. My point was more we're talking about Gavin Lux is a guy who's starting to find his footing in the league versus Juan Soto, versus Juan Soto is Juan perennial Soto, All Star, World Series champion. Exactly. Gotcha. Exactly. Okay. Yeah, I mean, age has nothing to do with it. They're a year apart. It's not like. Again, no, no, no. I was just talking about more what what Juan Soto is at his age age. and what Gavin Lux. It just, yeah. Gotcha. Well, another person that probably just needs no introduction, Mr. Shohei Otani. He dominated again last night, finishing with six innings pitched, 11 strikeouts, and no walks. But, guys, the Angels still fell (laughs) to the Rangers. God, they can't catch a break. Uh, Two to nothing despite being electric at the mound and arguably um, uh, the AL's best pitcher this season. Otani went 0-4 at the plate, and his average went down to .254. On the other hand... Judge hit his 39th home run of the season as a walk-off for the Yankees in a one to nothing win over the Kansas City Royals. With the Yankees poised to win the division and Judge having about um, uh, pretty much 40 homers before August 1st, it's going to happen. Um, is he running away with the MVP? And does Otani have any shot to redeem himself at the plate? Judge is the MVP. I know a couple weeks ago, Jake and I were like, you know, Otani's maybe the MVP. And then because Otani was just, he was ridiculous at the plate and on the mound. And now it's kind of just just the mound he's struggling at the plate judge is having the best offensive season we've seen in like 15 years so far like i mean you got to give the guy the mvp you got to and otani can't hit at the plate anymore he's pulling out he can't he's just not he's not there he's not that guy at the plate this year and you know it is what it is he's having a down year at least he's dominant on the mound and good enough at the plate that you know he stole the best asset in the league with juan soto but judge is the mvp we're talking about this like i love the story too how a 30 year old turning down 300 million because he thinks he's worth more and he's proving that he is and he will get more money and you know it might only be valuable on the first five years of his 10-year contract that he's going to sign or eight-year contract 
but you got to do it. I mean, this guy's the best player in baseball by far this year. It's not close. And if the Yankees win the World Series, it's going to be because of Aaron Judge. I mean, they had no offense last night until Judge hit that home run. His wins above replacement is remarkable. Obviously, Otani's will be more probably by the end of the year because he pitches and hits. But if we're looking at just pure AL MVP, Aaron Judge. And if you want to look at Cy Young, I think that's something that Shohei can win for sure. Yeah, I mean, Shohei... He's not having a terrible year at the plate. It's just in comparison to what he did last year. Well, last year's second half wasn't great. The bat has dropped off a little bit. But okay, so this year, Juan Soto, okay? Yeah. 243, 20 home runs, uh, 45 RBIs, slugging 480. Shohei Otani, 21 home runs, 254, 59 RBIs, slugging 486. So the numbers are very And his OPS plus is top 15, too. Like, like, Otani, like I'm saying he's good. I'm just saying, like, the second half of last year, all he did is hit home runs and strike out. Yeah, I don't... I don't think it's close because if Otani wasn't doing what he's doing on the mound, if he hasn't, because he's what, six straight starts of double digit strikeouts? I mean, he's insane. He's unhittable, you know? He's doing, like, I know, I don't want Major League Baseball to set the president that just because he's a two way player that he's going to win the MVP every year. Because then no one else can win the MVP. <laughs> but we may never see this ever again, right? Like, yeah, he is yeah. a generational talent. Like, there will be other two way stars in the league. I promise you, none of them are going to be as good as Otani is. He's just, he's so good. There was, there was a stat that his, in the last, like, since, like, 45 years, with runners in scoring position, when he's on the mound, the opposing slugging uh, slugging percentage against him is the lowest since, like, 1965. Well, did you see that game? And as a hitter, it's the highest. Like, yeah. he's doing things we've never seen. He might but, be the greatest player of all time when he retires, like, talent-wise, you I know? Think, I think it's going to be really hard not to give Judge the MVP if he hits 60 home runs. There's like a like a kind of like a weird threshold there. Like if he hits 59, it's like great year. If he hits 60, people lose their minds. Well, because who's the last person at 60 home runs, right? I have no idea. Well, you don't say Bonds. Bonds isn't real, really. So it's like Roger Maris, That's right? That's a conversation you don't want to have with me. The Bonds Why? Oh, come on, bro. He was juicing. <laughs> let's come on. Let's okay, let's have Come on, dog. Let's, no, let's, let's not let's, some let's, real home runs. Let, let's move. His let's, muscles were popping out of his dang neck. <laughs> let, let's, Best player of all time. Let's, let's, move, let's move on because I am not. I, I don't want to get in this conversation. I, we'll do it off, off air because I... Agree with Jake. Um, so I agree he should move. be in the Hall of Fame. Just he's not the best player of he's all time. He's the best player of all time. <laughs> Wrong. Uh, okay, we, we can keep going for days probably on that. on that. Uh, but let's move forward to uh, Justin Herbert, who has had one of the best career trajectories of any quarterback in the history of the NFL. What are your expectations, guys, for him this upcoming season? Where does he rank in fantasy football quarterback rankings? And... Will the Chargers win the AFC West? So I'll start on this one. I love Justin Herbert. I think his career trajectory might be the best of all time if we really look at the numbers. Quickest to all the, like, you know, 60 touchdowns, five, four, like 10,000 passing yards, like almost, right? Like it's, it's, it's insane how good he's played. And he's going to have an even better season this year. I rank him as the number two quarterback in fantasy football before Mahomes and after Allen because his just his offense is electric. Like Mahomes will have a great year, but he doesn't have the pieces on the offensive end that Justin Herbert has for the Chargers. And I think Herbert's probably, if we're looking at MVP, it's like to start the year, it's Josh Allen one and Herbert two for like MVP, right? If the Chargers win the division, there's a really good chance he wins the MVP. I think you got to take him in the second or third round in fantasy. I think that high, like it's it's insane how good he is, right? Like you're. I know GA is looking at me like I would never draft a quarterback in the first three rounds. 
possible you can get like a unless you're on auto draft or something like that. No, no, no. Like, but like, like I, I get the argument. I was opposed to ever drafting a quarterback. Like I took Brady last year in the ninth round. You can get Derek Carr this year in the sixth round. He'll be an MVP candidate, right? Like I, I was about to say, like because everybody else isn't going to draft a quarterback in the third. So you or you that, don't know that Grant last year won our fantasy fantasy files like our podcast football league because he drafted Josh Allen in the first round. It's insane. Insane. I, mean, I auto drafted Patrick Mahomes in the first round, but that was just because it was an auto draft. It wasn't because I wanted to. Why were you auto drafting? What were you doing? No, it was I couldn't get into the Well, who are you going to draft? Nick Chubb? Like, that is a good pick. No, picking I, Mahomes. No, I mean, I, you obviously, I wanted a running back in the very beginning. So, like, but, the, but you don't the need one. The depth in, at the running back position is really the best it's been in years this year. The, this year. I'm just saying last year, that's what oh, I yeah, wanted. Yeah, but I'm saying, like, Herbert, someone is going to take him in the second or third round. I'm just telling you right now. And I don't think it's a terrible decision either. Exactly. Because he's going to have a huge year. It's not a bad decision. I just think that you could get him later. And by the way, the Chargers are winning the AFC West. I mean, I think that's bold, but go on. <laughs> no, I mean, I, I love Justin Herbert. I've, I've been all over him since he was at Oregon. I was a huge fan of him there, and I love... I like that he's in L.A. because I can somewhat root for him because I don't... Why not somewhat? Be a Chargers fan and a Rams fan, bro. They're both in L.A. Uh, I love the Chargers because I'm a Niners like, fan. I hate you know the Rams. What? what happened to loyalty, bro? No, Rams, Rams, I don't like the Rams. They're a rival, I but like, I love no, the Chargers. Rams, Rams Chargers is more like Dodgers Angels where it's like separate divisions. <laughs> than Lakers and Clippers. No, and less like, like a USC, UCLA, or a Lakers Clippers where they're yeah, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I feel like it's not terrible to somewhat follow them and keep up with them. Yeah, because a lot but of Dodgers fans don't hate the Angels, you know? No. I don't yeah. The no, but I, I fully agree with you. He's the second number two quarterback in fantasy this year behind behind Josh Allen. I mean, just because I mean he's just gonna throw the ball all over. He might have fifty touchdowns. Throw, dude. throw for a record <laughs> touchdowns. So I mean, I don't think you can go wrong taking Herbert where, wherever you see fit. Yeah, I completely agree. I'm curious to. I mean, we only have a few a few seconds here, but MVP chances for for Herbert. Hundred percent. I think absolutely thousand percent. He's yeah. he's the second guy right now on betting. I'm sure if we look up the stats, like he's got to be behind Josh Allen as the second guy okay well i mean i think we're all kind of in agreement right there armand what do you think about his mvp chances yeah i was i was i didn't look at the odds before but i i was gonna say yeah i have the odds really quickly one josh allen plus 700 mahomes plus 800 brady 850 rogers 900 herbert a thousand oh that's a great bet (laughs) his fifth yeah. Should be yeah. second. Th- should be second. Great. Well, let's leave it there for now. When we come back, we will be talking to NBC's own Michael Duarte when we come back on the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, and the Sports Map Radio Network. We'll be right back with the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. The biggest pro football overlays in Vegas are back with 12 million in guaranteed prizes only at Circa Sports with two ways to win and no rate. Circa Million with quarterly payouts and 100% payback. And Circa Survivor. Select one team each week with no point spread. Take in the big money with 12 million in guaranteed prizes. Enter in Vegas, play from anywhere. Visit CircaSports.com for details. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. 
Welcome back to the Arash Marikazi Show on the Mighty 1090 ESPN Radio in Southern California, 98.5 The Fan in Las Vegas, the Hawaii Sports Radio Network, and the Sports Map Radio Network. Just as a reminder, if you have a question or comment or just want to win tickets to an upcoming game in L.A., Vegas, or Hawaii, call our hotline at 310-400-0340. Again, that number is 310-400-0340. We also have an email address, guys, for all those that still believe in email. Um, it is Arash Markazi Show at gmail.com. That is all lowercase A-R-A-S-H-M-A-R-K-A-Z-I-S-H-O-W at gmail.com. Okay, let's go to the Circus Sports Guest Hotline. Circa Millions and Circus Survivor Pro Football Contest with $12 million in guaranteed prizes are back. Visit circusports.com for details. And here he is. It's our good friend, Mr. Michael Duarte. Michael, how are you doing? Gee, hey, I am good. Call me Ice Cube because today is going to be a good day, and you might ask why. It is, it is Pac-12 Media Day, which always signifies the start of the college football season for me. But moreover, we get to finally ask questions of USC and UCLA about joining the Big Ten, so I am excited for today. Yeah, I mean, uh, sticking with that topic right there, uh, the AP poll, uh, AP News came out that USC is not even ranked in the top 25. How do you feel about that since Oregon and San Diego State um, have made that list? I saw that as well. I think, you know, how many times have we seen this poll, uh, Arash would say the same thing, and USC ends up in the top 10 or the top 15, especially in recent years, only by like week three or four to be off the, the top 25 altogether. I'm not too surprised because really this team hasn't been able to prove it on the field, and most of the time those AP polls are based on the results of the previous season and, and which guys are returning. In this case, with the new transfer portal rules and uh, the, the NIL deals, uh, you know, we, USC completely has revamped that entire team and roster and coaching staff. So let's let it see what it's like before they get any ranks. Michael, we're four days out now from the MLB trade deadline. And I know a lot of the talk has been about Juan Soto and guys like Luis Castillo. But there's some other uh, maybe lesser known bats that could make an impact. Guys, maybe like a, a Brandon Drury. I saw the Dodgers have been linked to J.D. Martinez. Are there, are there any guys that maybe aren't getting as much publicity that the Dodgers uh, could land in, in the next coming days? One thing I want to point out about uh, our conversation on this show last week, I incorrectly, when we were talking about the new 22 MLB postseason format, said there were no buys. Um, that was a previous uh, manifestation of a, of a deal that the, the players and the players' union talked about. There are actually two buys, so I was incorrect, uh, for the top two teams. So... Uh, in this case, uh, the Yankees uh, and the Houston Astros would have a buy if the playoffs started today in the American League, and the Dodgers and the Mets would have a buy in the National League. And then the seeds three, four, five, six would play in a in a wild card format, two games, and then they would then the the, the buy teams would then face those winners in the NLDS. So I just wanted to correct that that mistake by me. Uh, but yes, with the All Star, uh, the MLB trade deadline on August second is coming up this Tuesday. The Dodgers have actually been in contact with many teams out there potentially for a right-handed bat that they could plug immediately into the DH spot. Um, this tells me that maybe they're not 100% convinced uh, that Max Muncy is going to be in the everyday lineup moving forward uh, with the way he's been struggling throughout this season. So Garrett Cooper, uh, the Miami Marlins all-star, they've had talks with him, phone calls about him. J.D. Martinez is another guy you mentioned. Juan Soto is another guy you mentioned. Um but that's still not their priority. I still believe 
one way or another, they'll end up with a reliever or two. Uh, they have reached out to some teams as far as relief pitching is concerned uh, to see who might be available. No real big names right now. I think they feel like their bullpen, once it gets healthy, is still going to be elite. It still has uh, one of the best ERAs in all of baseball. But there have been talk about some relievers to kind of plug some holes here while there's some guys on the injured list. Hey, Michael, um, I wanted to ask you about Justin Herbert having the fifth odds to win MVP fifth best after Mahomes after Brady after Rogers Jake and I in the previous segment said he should have the second behind Josh Allen just because of his career trajectory the fact that he could have 50 touchdowns next season and the Chargers possibly being able to win the division I know Staley has to coach better down the stretch especially against uh, teams in that division so what do you think about that Michael do you think Herbert is a sleeper to win MVP, or should he be the second in odds over Brady, over Rodgers? Bet online AG has Justin Herbert as the favorite to win the 2022 regular season MVP. Oh, wow. And, it, and he wasn't the favorite starting uh, after the Super Bowl. He wasn't the favorite in, in March. But by the end of May and into the summer, he has been the favorite ahead of Josh Allen and Patrick Mahomes. So it just depends on, I guess, which odds makers you look at. So I wouldn't be surprised if he exceeds expectations as people think this year takes the rise here now in his junior campaign uh gets the charges in the playoffs uh and continues his growth and maturation and on that upward trajectory that yeah he he should be uh in the top five for the mvp and like i said it just depends on which odds you look at because i've seen him number one on multiple uh sites for mvp favorite what were the odds um that that bet online gave uh gave you guys i'm just i'm just curious 11 to 2 is what I have for him as wow. MVP with Josh Allen at six to one, Mahomes nine to one, Burrow eleven to one, Aaron Rodgers fourteen to one, Tom Brady fourteen to one. You know it would be a wild uh, MVP bet. Tell me if I'm wrong, Michael. Our Niners, Trey Lance, probably like awful <laughs> odds. No, think about it. Lewis Riddick. I don't agree with Lewis Riddick saying that he could. He's a long shot to win MVP. I think Lance is going to struggle his first year. He'll be good, but he'll struggle like in the first couple games for sure. But I do think Lance is a future NFL superstar. I really do. I think he's the truth. However, the odds there, Michael, I'm sure they're like plus, what, 10,000 or something? Something crazy like that. Would you take that bet just because the Niners might be a good football team, like a really good football team? I got him in front of me. So NFL future odds for MVP. Uh, this is now coming from a different odds maker, sportsbetting.ag. Also has Herbert number one, by the way, a plus oh, wow. 550. But Trey Lance is only plus 3,300, so oh, wow. not 10,000. Uh, guys like Christian McCaffrey, Carson Wentz, Debo Samuel, I know we're, you're a Niner guy there, Brent, yeah. uh, are plus 10,000. Um, but uh, Trey Lance only plus 3,300, so I guess they don't see it out of the realm of possibility as, as you do. It is a good sleeper pick yeah. um, if, you're a, if you're a Niners homer. Um, but I, like, I, like we talked about every time on this show, to me – the Niners are only going to be as good uh, as Debo Samuel uh, and his right now he's staying out of training camp because of contract situation. So that's a question mark that they need to resolve. At least we know he's going to remain in the red and gold. So that's a good sign. Uh, we now know Trey Lance is the quarterback. I think we all assume that. But what is the situation with Jimmy Garoppolo? Um, are they going to cut him before week one? Are they going to be able to trade him? Are they going to be able to find a team that actually wants him? Because it seems like as the weeks go on here in the NFL offseason, more and more teams come off the list that would have been interested in Jimmy Garoppolo. 
So once all these question marks, I think, get answered with the Niners and we kind of see what the team's going to be uh, entering the regular season, then I feel more comfortable about knowing what they do. I still think they're a playoff team regardless with Trey Lance. I just don't know if I can put them up there um, you know, you know, without having these questions answered. Michael, I want to circle back around to the MLB really quickly. Uh, the Angels supposedly, reportedly, are listening to offers on Shohei Otani. Is there any world in which he gets moved, in which in, in you know Angels ownership okay's an Otani deal? And if he were to get moved, is that how, how much bigger is that package than a, than a Juan Soto package has to be? Yeah, that's a great question. Uh, it has to be bigger, in my opinion. And people are talking. At least I spoke to Scott Boris over the All Star Game uh, uh, week here. Um, and he was saying that it would take arguably four of your top 20 prospects to get a guy like Juan Soto. Uh, so if that's the case, then what's it going to take to get a Shohei Otani four on each side? Because arguably he's Soto at the plate and, uh, you know, a Cy Young award winner, uh, on the mound. So what, what it would take to get Juan uh, Shohei Otani just would be mind boggling to me. Um, do I think he gets traded? Absolutely not. I think him and Mike Trout, again, are untouchable. We've talked about this before. I I, I, I heard that, that Perry Maniason is going to listen to absolutely everybody uh, who they get a phone call about. And I guess you have to in that situation with where the Angels are at and the fact that you know Shohei Otani uh, is a unrestricted free agent coming up here in the two, before the 2024 season. So really, you know, he only has one year left, so you kind of got to listen to what these offers may be. But I don't think he gets moved at all. I don't think Trout gets moved at all. I don't get. I don't think Thor gets moved at all. I think it's going to be some of the fringe guys, like I said, um, that are either free agents at the end of the year or guys that they know they can move on from. Uh, that they may make some small minor moves. I really think in order to keep Shohei Otani on the Angels long term, which is the goal, uh, they they are going to not want to trade huge pieces that are part of their core, uh, but trade smaller pieces that they'll probably lose anyways. Uh, and then try to keep that core together and continue to build off of it each off season as they, they've slowly been doing, uh, albeit without any results to show for it. I, I also don't think Soto gets moved. You know, I thought probably he was going to get moved. It sounded like he was going to get moved. Scott Boris made it sound like he was going to get moved, but the more and more time goes on, I think if he does get moved, it might be this offseason or this time next season at the deadline. I just don't think any team is going to want to bid uh, what it's going to take right now, especially from what I'm hearing the, the Nationals have been offering uh, to go get a Juan Soto. But a team to look out for are teams in the NOS who are coming for the Dodgers. Uh, the San Diego Padres uh, had multiple scouts at Dodger Stadium when the Dodgers and Nationals played this most recent weekend series. Uh, and the San Francisco Giants also had scouts there looking at Shohei Otani. So those are two teams within the division that the Dodgers have to look out for uh, that could pick up Juan Soto. Uh, so there was that. Uh, and I don't, like I said, I don't think Otani gets moved. Michael, the LA Kings announced that on February 11th, 2023, not only will they retire Dustin Brown's number, they will be unveiling a statue outside of Crypto.com Arena. Um, I love Dustin Brown as much as the next guy. His jersey's hanging in my room, but I was a little surprised when I saw the statue unveiling um, along with the jersey retirement. What are your What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, that's a very controversial topic that I've seen debated. We actually debated it on on NBC on Going Rogan recently. That'll be airing uh, this Sunday, Saturday and Sunday. It was a topic that we talked about here. I've seen 
people argue for both. And hear me out here. I'm not going to say that, look, Dustin, look, there's two hockey statues for the LA Kings in Star Plaza at the, the building formerly known as Staples Center, now known as Crypto.com. And that is Wayne Gretzky, the GOAT, when it comes to, to hockey and the NHL. Uh, and Luke Robitaille, uh, a Hall of Famer, an all-time Kings legend. And the argument people make for, for Dustin Brown is, well, he did what those two guys didn't do in a Kings uniform. Obviously, he was a captain for, for almost a decade, uh, eight years, I believe, wearing the C on his chest. Uh, won two Stanley Cups, something that Gretzky or couldn't do in their time uh, there. Uh, and, and his numbers show that, and he's also a fan favorite. But to my argument, to whether or not you want to argue how important he was to the Kings, whether or not you want to argue, uh, you know, he's, not a, he's probably not going to be a Hall of Famer like the other guys. My argument is, is if you set precedent that guys who won two cups with the Kings in the 12 and 14, and I, I, if you want to retire his jersey, I'm for it. That's fine. But... To build him a statue outside Star Plaza and put him next to Magic Johnson, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, Shaquille O'Neal, Jerry West, uh, eventually Kobe Bryant, uh, Wayne Gretzky, as we just mentioned, uh, and Luke Robitaille, it just seems like he won't fit. And if you then build him a statue, you're setting a precedent that Anze Kopitar is going to need a statue when he eventually retires. Uh, Drew Dowdy is going to need a statue when he retires. And Jonathan Quick is going to need a statue when he retires. Because I don't see how you can justify giving Justin Brown a statue and not those three guys as well. Especially Jonathan Quick, who I argue was more important in those cup runs uh, than Dustin Brown was. Uh, and there's some other guys you could, you could maybe even argue for as well. But uh, those other three guys would need statues if you're going to give Dustin Brown a statue. And the other thing is over on the other side, not in Star Plaza, but where you enter off of like where the players park and, and um, over further down closer to like Lot C, as you're walking up towards Crypto.com Arena and that little side entrance there on, on Chick Hearn Court, uh, there's, I don't know if you call it a statue, but like a mural for all mm-hmm. of the Kings players over time. And I believe Justin Brown holding the cup is like the last thing made in bronze there. So he's kind of also already been statified, if that's a word. Uh, so now to get an entire one all to himself also seems odd to me. Michael, in segment one, we were discussing Shohei Otani and his all-time greatness. And then the topic of Barry Bonds came up and we, we, we wanted to get your thoughts um, because Jake, I don't want to misspeak for you. You call Barry Bonds. I think he's the best hitter of all time. Best hitter of all time. So Michael, uh, without, you know, getting too controversial, we wanted to pick your brain. Brandon doesn't agree with me. Yes. Just, just so you're aware. <laughs> where, where do you, where do you have Bonds ranked historically? Hey, look, for me, I had um, an opportunity to, to put in votes for different organizations, including the IB, WWA, for for Hall of Fame. And I couldn't put Bonds and Clemens and um, McGuire and, and these guys from the steroid era in the Hall of Fame. Uh, and that's simply because, not that I don't think they're deserving, I just think that the actual Cooperstown, based on what they've sent us as voters to vote for the Hall of Fame, put these people in because it's not just about what they did on the field. It's about things they did off the field and that nature. And I believe it is on the Cooperstown Baseball Hall of Fame to create a section for these players so that the story of the game is told correctly and that these guys can also be in the Hall of Fame. Um, 
uh, or change the, the way we're supposed to vote based on what you've sent us. Uh, seeing Barry Bonds before he bulked up and before, you know, the Balco controversy, I would have easily said he's probably one of the greatest hitters of all time. I would have easily said he's the greatest power hitter of all time, one of the greatest home run hitters, maybe one of the greatest lefty hitters of all time. Um, but he chose to do something and made choices to do something that um, at the time were not allowed. And so I have a hard time giving him that mantle now, knowing what we know. Uh, and now especially seeing what Shohei Otani can do from – you know, both sides of the game from the mound as well, from the pitching standpoint. Um, no, I don't put him. I think Barry Bonds is a better hitter than Shohei Otani. I will say that, but Barry Bonds couldn't go out there and throw hundred miles per hour and strike guys out like Shohei Otani can do. And, you know, win Cy Young awards and things like that. So, uh, to me, Shohei Otani might arguably when it's all said and done, be end up being the better baseball player. Yeah. Michael, last question here. We only have a minute and 45 seconds here. I wanted to ask you about, Barry Bonds in the sense like, okay, here are my thoughts on it. I know it's a follow-up question. Uh, I do think he deserves to be in. I don't think he's the best uh, player of all time. I do think he deserves to be in because Pudge is in, right? Bagwell's in. Those are guys that took steroids. I know it's not confirmed, which is why they're in, but Ortiz probably took steroids too. Albert Pujols probably took steroids. I mean, this is speculation, but there are rumors definitely and those guys are going to get in, right? So I know you mentioned the Cooperstown thing, and that's why. But do you ever see Bonds getting in? No, right? Because the, it's it's the vote's over. No, from from uh, the writers, possibly from his peers. I don't know. But that's a good question, you know. And I, I debate that argument as well. Mike Piazza. There's rumors about Mike yeah, Piazza. Piazza. Uh, he's in. Uh, there are guys that are in that, that are rumored to be in. David Ortiz, I believe, was on a list, uh, never verified or whatever, never had a positive test. And obviously he was he was in on first ballot, the only guy who got in recently. But it's a little bit different because we know Bonds did, and then we know Bonds denied it. We know a guy went to jail for Bonds because of it. It's a lot more layered uh, in that. Uh, and Bonds kind of had this, I don't, give an F attitude about the whole thing as well. And so the criteria for Hall of Fame when they give it to us, it is about uh, how you carry yourself off the field. It is about uh, your legacy uh, off the field as well, the integrity of the game. They write this in what we're supposed to vote for. And so when you take those things into consideration, not just performance on the field or how good this player was, uh, it's hard to do that unless, like I said, and this is what I believe, because I believe he should be in the Hall of Fame. But I believe that the Hall of Fame has the responsibility of telling the game stories and that you can't tell the story of baseball uh, and the steroid era without Barry Bonds. And so he needs to be in there for that. But you need to dedicate a wing or whatever you're going to do to explain that so that people 100 years from now just don't see his plaque in bronze uh, and not know all of the off the field stuff as well. And that's with all the other players that you mentioned. And it's funny because I wrote a story about uh, the current most hated player in baseball. It's on NBCLA.com from a few weeks ago. And Manny Machado was voted the current uh, most hated player in all of major league baseball, which shouldn't surprise a whole lot of people, especially with his attitude, especially how he's been with, with Dodger fans. But they actually asked the question, okay, take away current players. It could be anybody over time. And Barry Bonds was number one, the most hated player uh, who has ever played baseball, followed by Roger Clemens. I think that's interesting when you take that into account, too, that, um, you know, 
fans uh, of the sport, uh, because of the way he acted, his actions um, have made him the most hated and most, um, you know, vilified, I guess, in some ways you can look at it like that. So that's something that I believe uh, is, is something that needs to be taken into consideration and thought about by, by a lot of people. And the sad thing for Bonds himself if you just took his Pirates career, he had the numbers to be a, a Hall of Famer just on the Pirates career before he even went to the Giants and, and bulked up and started hitting home runs at the pace he was doing. Uh, and the fact that, you know, the walks that he had, the intentional walks, the records he broke, all of that tells me he should be in there. I just need it to be explained better when you're telling this story 100 years from now. Well, thank you so much for your time, Michael. That's all the time we have for today. Let's do this again on Monday. Until then, guys, this is the Arash Markazi Show saying stay safe and stay healthy. This is the Arash Markazi Show on the Mightier 1090 ESPN Radio. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants. They all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.